Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for listening in. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're here every week to talk about your home. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for tips on seasonal maintenance or smart upgrades for your home, this is the place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectech, and the team at the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. These are amazing local professionals and great resources who'd love to hear from you. If you're looking for advice, please do make sure to call the team members here at the Whole Home Show. They'd love to help. My background as your host for the next hour is as a local real estate agent. I've been selling real estate here for over 28 years. I'm a rare born and raised Victorian. I've never left here. I love our town, and I'm a huge community supporter. In my time, I've helped hundreds of people achieve their goals and dreams in real estate. I'd be happy to help you as well, too. If you are looking for advice on either buying or selling, give me a call. I'd be happy to chat with you. You can find contact information, contact information for myself or our show sponsors on the CFAX 1070 website. Just look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information is there. This week, we're talking about home energy, specifically natural gas and solar energy systems. Guests Spencer Evans from Fortis, BC, and Keenan Ebanks from Power Up Solar. He'll also be talking about new technologies in the solar energy world. If you have a question or a story to tell us about your real estate experience, give us a call. We'd be happy to chat about it, maybe even put it on the air. The phone number here is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, find us on the cfax1070.com website, and we'll talk about it. Uh, Today, this week, we have on the air our show partner, Sitka Law Group, and we have partner Gurpreet Randhawa. Gurpreet, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Tony. How are you? Doing great. Well, listen, I wanted to talk, and of course, uh, you guys give us your weekly tip here, but the topic today is about estate sales and probate. That is an area that you guys, of course, specialize in. Yes, it is. Yeah. So a question that's come up recently is what happens on the rare occurrence when somebody passes away and there is no estate? Yeah. So um, if there's no estate, I'm assuming that means they didn't actually have any assets, Mm -hmm. um, then there isn't really much that needs to be done in terms of winding up that, that person's affairs. Okay. Um, so, so really not much to, to deal with. Um, you'll have very rare cases where there is no estate. You'll sometimes have cases where there's an insolvent estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and more often than not, you'll have cases um, where there is an estate, meaning the person passed leaving assets um, that exceed a certain, certain threshold in their sole name at the time of death. Yeah, so that would be, uh, for example, somebody who perhaps never had a chance to prepare their will, right? Yeah. Well, an estate, even if they have a will, you can still have an estate. So uh-huh. certain assets like joint assets, assets, registered investments with named beneficiaries will pass automatically outside of your estate uh-huh. directly to the joint owner or named beneficiary. But if the deceased had any sole assets in his or her name that exceeded 25000 in value or any interest in land yes. other than joint tenancy, yes. then, then there's going to be an estate that needs to be dealt with. Okay. And um, so the estate, again, so if there are no beneficiaries to the estate, mm-hmm. where does the proceeds from, for instance, the sale of the property go? Yeah, so if there wasn't a will that lists 
beneficiaries, then the Wills, Estates, and Succession Act will apply. Mm -hmm. And that act actually sets out a statutory scheme uh, or a set of beneficiaries. So, for example, no will then under the legislation, certain portion goes to a spouse and to children. Um, If no children, all to to spouse. Mm -hmm. If no spouse, to kids, grandkids, up the line to parents to siblings, nieces, and nephews. So it actually has to pass through those channels before ultimately um, uh, going to the government. Okay, so if somebody didn't have spouse, children, or whatever, then the proceeds end up going to the government? Potentially, yeah. But it, you have to go through a long list of family members before you get there, but potentially, if mm-hmm. you don't have a will that sets otherwise. Yeah, because the whole point about clearing the estate is to make sure that nobody has claim on, on any of this property, right? Well... If, even if you do have a will, um, a spouse or a child still have standing to contest the will. But a will is important because you're able to essentially set out your wishes. So there's, there's, you've set out what's to happen with your assets. You have control over who's managing your estate and who's receiving your assets. But even if you do have a will, in BC we actually have um, a unique legislation where wills variation claims may, may, may be made against the estate by a spouse or a child who, who weren't named. Uh-huh. Um, so that's something that comes as a surprise to a lot of clients. What do you mean I can't do what I want with my assets? Uh-huh. Um, you can, but there's some exposure there. So very important to get some advice um, in how, the best way to structure your affairs in those circumstances. Yeah, you, you know, I, basically, the, I guess the focus of our conversation here right now is the importance of having your will and making yeah. sure that you've yeah. got everything laid out, right? Exactly. It is so important to have a will because you're controlling the distribution of your assets. And so important, especially if you have minor children. Uh-huh. It's one of the tools and instruments you can use to appoint guardians mm-hmm. if something happens to both parents. So very important. Yeah, and yeah, and of course, you know, we, we bump into this where we have friends or whoever that say, oh, you know, we're, we're going away on a long trip. We have not dealt with this will thing yet. Maybe it's time just in case something happens, right? Yeah, exactly. And I actually did have clients come in this week, and what prompted them to come in to do their wills was travel plans. So... I find that's one of the triggers to, to clients coming in is, is that they're traveling. They want to make sure there's a plan in place in case something happens. Yeah, and the other uh, time, of course, is when somebody buys a property. When, they're, when they become homeowners, all of a sudden that will becomes really important, right? Exactly, because now you have a significant asset and you want to have control over how it's dealt with on death. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there's there's nothing worse than seeing those cases where the families are where there's arguments in the family, and and we can't help but wonder if having a nicely laid out will there would have solved a lot of those problems, right? Yeah, potentially, absolutely. Um, because if there's no will, who's applying to deal with the estate? There might be some disputes or disagreements on that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, who's receiving what proportion of the estate? Well, you're alive, you can choose to leave everything to a spouse and then kids, but under the Act, it's a little bit different. So so control is key. If you want to have control over how your assets are divvied, you want to reduce stress for your family who's probably already grieving at the time, mm-hmm. um, important to have a plan in place. Yeah, and I have also bumped into situations where the executor was not necessarily one of the family members. It was somebody um, appointed from outside the family. Yeah, that's something that comes up uh, a fair amount of time. And uh, in my experience, that's usually done because the willmaker um, doesn't want to add stress um, to, the, to the family who's, who's dealing with grief. So they want just somebody to deal with it while their family can deal with grief and, and, and not have to stress about handling an estate. Yeah. Or they know that, for example, one child's not going to get along with the other children, so they don't want one child to control the administration. Yes. Um, various reasons. I find the main reason is is uh, to try to minimize stress for the family. Yeah, 
yeah, because there'd be enough things going on at that time, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's 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 very interesting. And again, we, we bump into that on occasion. I, I suppose the message here is it's not automatic that one of the kids necessarily ends up getting becoming the executor of the state. It can be whoever the um, uh, the person chooses to to designate, right? Exactly. Whoever the person trusts to deal with the estate when they're gone. Yeah, and it's a big responsibility. It is a huge responsibility. It's a lot of work. Um, you're dealing with the personal assets of the deceased. You're dealing with their assets, their liabilities, the probate process, the accounting side. It is quite a bit of work. Yeah, and I, I know this is a side, and, and it's not the reason why somebody would want that role, but they're also entitled to, to, to some degree of remuneration, right? Exactly, yeah. So remuneration does depend on the wording of the will, but the default is a percentage of the estate set out under the Trustee Act, mm -hmm. um, up to a maximum of 5%, depending on the complexity. So the, it is quite a bit of work, um, and, and most uh, executors and trustees are entitled to compensation. Again, depends on the wording of the will, yeah. um, but most of the time it's the percentage. Yeah, and I've, seen, I've heard of people waiving that as well, too, just part of their service to the family, right? Exactly. It does get waived, especially where you have family members acting. Um, so it, it doesn't have to be claimed, but it's, it's available to the executor should they choose to claim it. Fantastic. Well, Gurpreet, uh, as always, if anyone would like to chat with you or the team at Sitka Law Group, what's the best way to contact you? Um, the best way to contact us is by phone. So our number is 778-265-2677 or by email. Uh, fantastic. Or, of course, find you online. And you guys have a great uh, social media footprint as well, too. Exactly, yep. Welcome to find us on online, our website, or Facebook, or Instagram. Um, yeah, any one of those channels uh, Fantastic. is to reach us. Yeah. Fantastic. You guys are the experts. So thanks for coming uh, on the line. And for the listeners, we need to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking about home energy solutions. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show. Today we're talking about Home Energy Solutions, and with us right now is Keenan Ebanks. He is with Power Up Solar here in Victoria. Keenan, thanks for coming. Thank you. Uh, okay, so, of course, there's so much conversation nowadays, especially with the cost of uh, gasoline. People are complaining about how much it costs to fill up their car nowadays. So uh, I know people who are like, hey, electric cars. I have an electric car. It's one of mine. And uh, people often ask, what's it like to have an electric car? Uh we are a real estate show, after all, here, and it sort of uh, connects us to the point of the fact that you can charge your electric car from your home. Exactly, yeah. And what better way to get that power than from the sun? Unlimited energy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't stop shining. No, And now, a lot of people think about uh, solar energy as, you know, back in the 70s, those yeah. big, huge panels. Yes. Where does technology bring us now? Well, they're just a lot more efficient now, uh, and not only that, there is uh, like we're still hoping for more support uh, from the provincial government in BC Hydro, but there is some support now, and it's what we call uh, net metering. So, basically, now when there's an excess of power being produced from your roof, maybe it's summertime and you're out of the house all day, and it's the sun's beating down on your panels, uh, it's producing power all day long. So there's an excess of power, and now BC Hydro has uh, the ability to facilitate getting hydro back and buying it back from you. So it's not going to waste and it's not being used by your home. Oh, okay, because when the house when the when the solar panels are generating energy, when there's an excess, there's no place to put it, right? Exactly. Yeah. We're not doing battery too much battery backup, uh, especially if you're on a grid. So if you have a BC hydro account right now. Yep. 
Um, it typically doubles the cost of an average size system to have battery backup, and uh, the real only convenience is if power goes out, then you still have the ability to run your fridge and pumps and, Got and stuff it. like that. Yeah. But there is the possibility to basically sell your excess power back to BC Hydro. Absolutely, yeah, and it's wow. not to be taken for granted. It can be uh, it can be the difference between a solar system being uh, ec- economically feasible or not. Okay. So I'm curious, like, why would BC Hydro want it back? How does it help them? Um, well, it's mandated by the federal government, first of all. So um, the Renewable Energy Act um, requires uh, energy providers to be able to have that uh, uh, feature available, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's also less power for them to be able to produce. And, and you know, they use it as, as leverage in marketing. They say, buy less power from us. What company do you know of that says buy less from us, right? Yeah, yeah. So it just it's a lot of uh, uh, good PR for them as well. And and uh, as much as we don't like the increase in gas prices, uh, electricity prices are also increasing. You know, we just as of April first, a couple months ago, um, we got another increase of one point eight. Uh, 1.8 percent uh, to our BC Hydro rate, so it's also yeah. going up. And you know, I mean, people often forget about the fact that it costs money to create that energy. Right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, getting back to your house and um, solar, uh, I mean, we're seeing a lot more houses now that have uh, solar pa- solar panels in place. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's. Um, I can't wait for the day that it's mainstream. Uh, it's not quite there yet. It, obviously, the economics of our big. Uh, motivator, um, as you know, being in real estate, um, people often buy real estate for the investment. Uh, you know, it's quite common. It's not always just about the house and, you know, how much nice of a view it has. It's often about the investment and what can they get out of that investment. And uh, a lot of the um, people that approach me for solar, that that is often their primary motivator is how can solar benefit me uh, financially, which is great and there's nothing wrong with that. We're just glad to see people adopting solar as a positive thing. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's helping the environment on the side effect, even if they don't care about that. So Yeah, so those consumers that come to you, I mean, one of the questions that, that usually comes to mind is what's the payback time? Because mm-hmm. there's a cost to the system, right? Yeah. And um, by saving electricity yeah what's like the so how how long are people looking at for uh, recovery so it's way down the cost of solar materials alone is down about 70 percent in the wow. last five years alone okay. so paybacks that we saw five years ago that were typically around 20 years to break even on panels that are good on your roof for about 30 years yeah. so we like to call it, there's 10 years of gravy there um a 20-year payback five years ago is now about an 11 to 13-year payback now. Yeah. So we're actually seeing a majority of the expected life expectancy of those panels. Uh, a majority of that time is spent where the panels are completely paid for. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So, and, and it's not just for people that are, are looking at a, a cost savings. I mean, sometimes it's just that whole uh, being responsible to the environment, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The As you mentioned, there's a cost for BC Hydro to create and generate all that power, but there's an environmental impact too. Um, so, uh, yeah, the less we can buy from them, the better, just as BC Hydro markets it that way. All right. So someone's got solar panels on the roof. Yeah. Uh, what can they power in their house? So the nice thing about grid tie systems and using BC Hydro's net metering program is that your house uh, now without solar is still pulling all of its power from the meter on the side of your house. So basically when you have panels on the roof, 
uh, your house is still drawing from the BC Hydro meter that's on your house, even if the sun is beating on the So panels. you can't be without BC Hydro? You cannot do it without BC Hydro yeah. unless you're completely off-grid and you have a very expensive battery to back up all the power that Got you're it. producing. Got and, it. And yeah, because there's nighttime. Exactly. Because, oh, yeah, 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 there's yeah. nighttime and there's fall and there's and there's winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, your house will always draw from your BC Hydro meter. So oh. BC Hydro is facilitating that all the time. Um, when the sun is beating down on the panels and it's producing power, the meter is going to draw from the solar panels. Oh. When it is not, when the sun is not shining and it's not producing power, the meter is drawing from the BC Hydro grid. So your meter, your house is always grabbing from your meter, and your meter is always always pulling from either the panels or the grid. Got it. That's when power is coming into your house. Power is going out of your house, obviously, as I explained. Uh, if there's a surplus of power being produced on your roof, yeah. your house isn't using it, so it hits, it, it goes through your house and out back to the grid. And, uh, and how is that reflected? Like, does your BC Hydro bill uh, show some sort of um, credit or something? Yeah. yeah, it does. It'll show, there's a new little part to the bill, and it shows a little CR, and it shows how much power uh, you've produced in kilowatt hours. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, and, and the nice thing about it is, 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 is the tier, a lot of people don't look at their BC Hydro bill very closely, but there's a tier one rate, um, and tier one rate is uh, eight point eight four cents per kilowatt hour right now. The tier two rate is nearly a fifty percent jump though to thirteen twenty six per kilowatt hour. So nice thing about solar is you're trying to take care of as much of that tier two rate as possible because that's where you're paying the real big money. Oh interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So now functionally in the house though, you don't you would not see or feel any difference. You run your uh, kitchen appliances, you run your lights, you run your if you've Absolutely. got if yeah. you've got electric heat, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everything runs the same. Um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty much plug and play. They're very to little no maintenance, uh, depending on where you live, especially if you don't have a lot of trees and pollen around you. Uh, they're plug and play. Got it. Okay. Maintenance on these systems. What what needs to be done? Almost nothing. Uh, again, depending on where you live, if you've got a lot of trees around you, um, yeah, because it's based on exposure, like where you get yeah, the sun. Yeah, exactly. So if there's a lot of pollen or you know branches and, and pine needles and stuff falling on the panels, you'll notice on your phone. Uh, often we know about it before our customers do that. There's a drop in efficiency in the panels, yeah. and now there's the technology that we can actually see what panels are not performing properly uh, down to the individual panels. So uh, typically, um, if there is a service call, which uh, to this day I've, I've never done. Um, but typically a customer goes outside, looks at the panels, they can see the problem right away, and they either with a hose or a squeegee or worst case, they have to get up there with a ladder and, and, and clear the panel. Got it. Now, you just mentioned it uh, on your phone because I'm guessing that there's apps that connect to the to the system, right? Yeah, there is. So you can see the production of each individual panel. A lot of houses, uh, especially with older houses, we have panels on different surfaces of the roof. So obviously south-facing being the most productive uh, panels, but you can see the difference between your south-facing panels versus your east or west-facing uh, panels and then see when there's a problem as well. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so how about cost? What are we looking at for cost? For, uh, obviously, every system is going to be different. But totally, yeah. yeah. So a, a typical house, uh, we're generally quoting in the fifteen to $30,000 range. Uh, and that system is producing anywhere from, you know, forty to forty to sixty uh, percent of an annual uh, usage. Okay. Um, and depending on how much power a house uses, that can be significant in terms of dollars. So, and that's how we're calculating the buyback. Obviously, is how much less you don't have to buy from BC Hydro yep. against the initial upfront cost of installing it. God. So, do you think there's ever going to be a, a a time where houses do not need BC Hydro for power? Is it is it a technology thing? 
Um, well, Actually, a lot hold, of things. Hold, hold that yeah, thought because okay. we got to take a break. Okay, All right. But uh, it's it's a great question that yeah. I, I want to hit in a moment. Uh, we got to take a quick um, a quick break here. We'll be back in just a moment. Now the whole home show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to the whole home show. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectech, and the team at the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. Give them a call if you're looking for some direction or advice in any of those areas relating to your real estate sale or purchase. They'd be happy to help you out. Uh, today, we are talking about home energy solutions for your home. In a few moments, we'll be chatting with Spencer Evans from Fortis, B.C. And right now, we're continuing our conversation with Keenan Ebanks from Power Up Solar. Uh, just before the break, uh, Keenan, we asked the question about... Um, the, what would have to change yes, uh, for BC Hydro and yeah, uh, and could not using BC ever Hydro? Not have yeah connection to BC Hydro. So they are, um, have every right to disconnect completely from BC Hydro if they wish to do that. Uh, they they would have to be entirely um, self sufficient. Self sufficient, yeah. So they'd yeah. have to have enough solar to power their house. Their house would likely need to be either a major renovation or be built to be uh, an extremely energy efficient uh, home because. Uh, you know, I live in a 1950s built house and it just leaks heat, uh, you know, thin Drafty windows. Yeah, it just there. I couldn't put if I covered every square inch of the roof with solar, I couldn't produce enough power yeah. that I need to run the home uh, at all. So uh, it can be done. It'd be very expensive and you'd have to be majorly motivated by uh, that, which you said is being self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. OK, so, you know, something a question that that, that comes up every once in a while is all this nifty Tesla product. Yeah, you know, like the the roof tiles, the battery packs. Like we know that it's very, it's very expensive, right? It is, and uh, you know, it'll like everything in this field, it'll get cheaper as as time goes on, um, in, including the Tesla products. Uh, Tesla's not the only company doing um, uh, solar tiles, uh, so there are other options if that is something that sparks your your you know your interest. Like, wow, I could do solar tiles and not pay the Tesla price. There, there are other companies that do it, other suppliers that we can uh, get access to. But um, yeah, it's uh, it'll it'll get cheaper. It'll be more doable. Solar will get sexier. I don't know if you're allowed to say that on radio, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's it's getting better every year. So. Perfect. Okay, so again, going back to installing a system, uh, these go. Of course, you look at the exposure. Make sure you got lots of sun. These go on the roof. Yeah. Right. What happens when somebody needs to replace the roof? So ideally, we're um, doing that either around the same time or when I build a, a quote, we're factoring in the cost of taking down the panels and putting them back up, which is which is quite the ordeal. Yeah. A lot of days, a lot of times, people are putting on you know forty to fifty year uh, roofs nowadays, uh, which is better because these are you know panels built to last for you know thirty years. They're warranted for twenty five. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that is kind of a. a something we have to try and dodge sometimes or, or problem solve or, or just factor it into the budget and therefore the buyback and the ROI. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Wow. It's just, it's amazing what's out there. And again, we've seen it on, on houses. 
they um, they are more attractive now are, than yeah. you know because they, they were big bulky units before, right? Huge and thick, and they sat way proud of the roof, and now they're pretty thin, and you can get black frames, and they're nice and flush. Um, yeah, they, and again, no maintenance. Very almost none in most cases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's really nifty to know that there's uh, apps and uh, and and support uh, yeah, online for that. Yeah. Uh, how about timeline? Like when somebody uh, gives you a call and says, "Let's get going on this," what, uh, how long will it take? It won't take long at all. The biggest holdup is typically BC Hydro, which uh, is anywhere from two to three weeks right now to get approved uh, for a system. We do have to get their permission in order to put uh, panels on your roof because we're tying to. Uh, their System. existing uh, equipment. So they have to say that it's uh, safe and that we're installing it properly uh, and based on our plans. And then when we do, we can go ahead and, and go forth with that plan. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask this question to Spencer uh, later, Spencer at uh, Fortis BC, but are there grant programs for solar energies out there? There aren't currently. Um, depending on uh, provinces, there are rebates for electric cars, which I'm also a huge uh, fan of. I love the idea of being able to drive on sunshine. Yep. Uh, but currently for solar, there are none in BC. Yeah, that may change. I hope so. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I have an electric car. I love it. It's yeah. fantastic. I just plug, I plug it in every two days. Uh, it, it really interests me to, to, to at some point draw power to my house uh, from the sun. Absolutely. So that yeah, so we're powering the car from the sun. Yeah, it's yeah. it's quite the concept. I love it. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Now, Keenan, if people need to reach you and uh, power up work, uh, power up solar, yep. work, how can they do that? I think you can do that by phone. Uh, it's on our website uh, or by email also on our website. But uh, I'll give the phone number here. It's 250-896-1040. Great. And the website is powerupsolar.ca. That's correct. Fantastic. Well, listen, we're going to post that information on the website as well, too. Great. So if any of the listeners uh, need to uh, give you a call, they can find it right there. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Great. Switching gears now, it's time to talk about natural gas. And with us is Spencer Evans. Spencer is the Energy Solutions Manager with Fortis BC. Spencer, thanks for coming. My pleasure, Tony. Thanks for inviting me. You know, I, I'm so glad you're here because gas is one of those things that uh, comes up every once in a while. And it's amazing because everyone in Victoria here tends to come from another place. People often do not realize that we haven't had natural gas here on the island for for for, for, for a long time, right? Yeah, no, we we actually, uh, well, we're prior to Fortis uh, purchasing Terrison, but um, uh, natural gas came to the island about 1992. Yeah. And, uh, so it's a relatively new source. It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Now, downtown back in 1867, somewhere around there, um, they did have natural gas. We were one of the first cities here to have, oh, well, not natural gas, but they were the first cities to have gas lighting yeah. uh, downtown here, uh, yeah. which was kind of interesting. Okay, and obviously yeah. it wasn't piped in back then as it, was no. the, as it is now, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Got yeah. it, got it. Okay, so there's so many things to consider here. Um, now, the reason why I bring up that question about how long natural gas has been here is because we get people that are looking at homes, and they're older homes here in Victoria, and I've had people from Ontario or from Alberta go, why is there so much oil? Oil, electric uh, baseboard. Yeah. I, I mean, people from uh, the East, they look at it and say, well, everybody in the East heats their home with natural gas. Yeah. Um, because it's the most economical solution. Um, but as I say, prior to 92, it wasn't really available. And it, 
until recently, the cost of natural gas and versus electric, it was you know fairly comparable. In fact, when natural gas first came on the island, it was more expensive. Yeah. So you saw higher-end homes where people wanted to cook with natural gas and, and enjoy the natural gas fireplace. So, you know, they really targeted on the luxury. Yeah. Um, but in the last little while, um, we've seen such a, a marked change in the pricing. Um, back in 2015, Fortis was allowed to amalgamate our entities. Before that, uh, we had to operate as Fortis, BC, Vancouver Island. So... Our prices here on the island were typically 25% more. After the amalgamation, uh, our prices have dropped by over 30% here on the island. And that's in direct contrast to hydro where it's gone up by, well, realistic terms, about 37% in the same time. So it's had a a, a, quantum shift in in the economics. So this is why we're seeing such a, a huge uptake uh, on people wanting to, to sign up for natural gas. Okay, so let's talk about what people can have in their home that's natural gas. Sure. Um, Fireplaces, <clears throat> obviously, people are used to that. Fireplace is, is a go-to. You yep. know? So, for example, in, in working in new construction, um, one, of the, one of the interesting things here, here on the island in new construction, we're seeing on-demand water heaters as being one of the most popular things going. Well, it's saleable. It's a sale feature. Totally. Yeah. I, I had an electric water heater uh, when, in our place. We converted over to an on-demand water heater. Well, now, um, you know, I can hear um, my, my children go through the, the shower. My <laughs> wife can go through the shower. I can you wash the dog. Water. I never run out, which, you know, can work against you, too, because they never get out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, but the point there is you're not paying to heat water in a tank. That's a that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, it's and, and and a typical on-demand water heater will last you 20-plus years. So you, you don't have to worry about shutting the tank off when you're leaving for holidays or, or in our case, with the water heater. Uh, my daughter said, uh, hey, Dad, you know, the floor is all wet. And I was like, oh, my water heater burst. Time to, yeah. And yeah. so that's when you know it's time to change the water heater when it bursts. Yeah. Uh, so now with the on-demand, absolutely no problem. Yeah, and, and, for, and for me, actually, I, I gained a closet because when I got rid of my big 60-gallon hot water tank, uh, I, all of a sudden, I got a closet. Absolutely. Yeah. So, And we're seeing that, you know, with... Particularly as uh, the builders are, are sort of targeting more now with towards townhomes and, and you know trying to get that affordability factor. Yeah. Well, if uh, with the smaller homes, we need as much space as we can, and so it's it's made a great conversation. Difference. Well, listen, we need to get, take a quick break here. We're having a conversation with Spencer Evans from Fortis, BC. Back in a moment. This is the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation with Spencer Evans. Spencer is the Energy Solutions Manager at Fortis, B.C., and we were talking just a moment ago about on-demand hot water tanks. Thanks again for coming, Spencer. My pleasure. Yeah, so I mentioned uh, I gained a, a closet. That's great because an on-demand unit is quite compact. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's compact. And so that's, you know, Basically, one it's the... a box in the wall. Totally, yeah. yeah. And, and it's... That's one of the the advantages of, you know, going natural gas. I mean, obviously the other is, you know, you put in instead of, well, a lot of people are putting in heat pumps, Mm -hmm. but not a lot of people know that it's actually more reasonable to operate a natural gas furnace 
even with an electric cooling condensing unit tacked on top of the furnace, yeah. then it is run the heat pump. So you can get more efficiency um, and and or more economic efficiency yeah. by a gas furnace. So that's well, why we're seeing the, a lot of people switch over. The remarkable thing we see when we're looking at homes is looking at these uh, new furnaces, and we notice the exhaust system is plastic, like PVC plastic, which tells us that all of the energy is going towards heating the house and not going out the chimney, right? Exactly. So, like, for example, the the on-demand water heaters or even the tank style gas water heaters, they've got a condensing version that captures that heat going up, mm-hmm. condenses it back down, and, and uses that heat and captures it. So what's going out the exhaust is just warm air. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, again, around the house, we talked about uh, fireplaces. We talked about uh, hot water systems mm-hmm. oh, and furnaces just now. And furnaces, yeah. What else can people have in after Well, furnace? obviously, there's barbecues. Oh, yeah. Um, just plug in. Yep, just plug no them in. No more to, to the gas station and getting your propane tank. You'll never run out. The only caveat there uh, is if you do accidentally leave the fire the um, barbecue, barbecue on, it keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Actually, a, a buddy of mine lives in Sylvan Lake, Alberta, and he was telling me once, about uh, jumping in the hot tub and looking over and the, the uh, surrounding the barbecue, there was no snow at all melted <laughs> because he let it run for like the weekend. <laughs> totally. Right? Yeah, so. I, I think we've all done that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but then, and then, you know, the the last sort of one is 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 gas cooking or ovens. And, yeah, and, nothing uh, like cooking with gas. Absolutely, you yeah. know. So, and, and this is something that, you know, we, I mean, restaurants, obviously, they, they love us for natural gas. and, and Yeah, uh, fast heat. It's very yeah. controllable and, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, so restaurants would be, you know, lost without us in that. Yes, sense. one yeah. of my favorite uh, items in the house when I did my renovation was is my gas cooktop. I love that thing. Yeah, well, and you know, it's interesting because we did a study not too long ago, um, a couple of years back, where we looked at sort of what the top seventeen buying factors were for for home, you know, potential homeowners, and natural gas, heat, and appliances were ranked number well, sort of tied six and seven with kitchen layout. Mm-hmm. which was remarkable when you look at how much importance we put on, you know, what's the kitchen like in, in for the new home. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we, we saw... A yeah, and especially in a luxury home, something yeah. yeah, something that's higher dollar. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on yet, and again, I have one of these at home, and I love it, is the gas dryer. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> gas dryers, um, some of the um, local condominium complexes or developments that have just been completed are in integrating gas dryers into there. Yeah. And it was interesting when I was talking to uh, one of the developers who, who opted for that, uh, I said, well, you know, great. I love it. You know, they say, yeah, it cooks, uh, it cooks. It, it dries in half the time. Yeah. Uh, you don't get the static cling. Yeah. And, and he said to me, he said, well, you know, Spence, that's great. But the reason we like it in the condominium is for the noise, because as people are downsizing, they go into a condominium. They, it doesn't occur to them that if they have to listen to a dryer go for two hours, yeah, you know, it uh, it's going to drive them crazy or their neighbors. Yeah. So with the gas dryer, it cuts that time down in, in in a half. Yeah, you know, I never thought about that before because our our dryer pretty, is like forty minutes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and in, and when you're in a house, you don't really think about it. Yeah. But now when you get into a you know a, a more confined space. Suddenly, these things and, and these it, it makes transitioning from a home to a condominium, particularly if you're downsizing, that much easier. Yeah, and and again, you know, we talked about uh, being stewards of the environment earlier. So, yeah, um, half the time you're using half the energy, presumably, and it's better for for the earth. Absolutely, earth. yeah. Um, now, something that often comes up uh, because gas is relatively new to the island here 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had clients, they're, cut, they're scared of natural gas. And, and it's, it's, you know, the concern is, is safety. Like, what, what would happen if there was a leak or whatever? This is something, surely, that comes up uh, with you guys at Fortis. Well, right? it, it does. And, and, and at Fortis, I mean, safety, it's, it's our first and foremost priority. Always has been. And, uh, and, and gas is very safe. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it dissipates quickly. It's non-poisonous. I mean, if, if, it, if, you, if you do have too much concentration, yes, it'll con- you can, you know, go Make unconscious as a result. But, um, but, you know, when you're in a home, you've got a smoke detector. You want to make sure you have a carbon dioxide detector. Yeah. Uh, in the case of, of a leak, um, so say an appliance in the house leaks, well, you can shut the gas meter off um, right at the meter. Yeah. So that can isolate the house. Uh, in some cases, in springtime, you know, perfect example, people are out digging in the yards, and now you always want to call before you dig. Yeah, that's, so, the, that's the slogan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, you know, BC1 call, so BC number one call, uh, C-A-L-L. Um, you know, so if you do, you know, before you dig, do that. Um, and uh, but if, if for some reason uh, you know somebody does hit uh, hit our gas line, you can call nine one one. You can call our emergency line, but nine one one is easy to remember. Yeah, and the reality is, we never as strange as it is to say, we never hear stories of bad situations. No, um, you know it's interesting, and we we often talk about the Enbridge. Uh, you know that's that was some, sort of a recent uh, situation that, uh, that you know, sort of top on, on people's minds. So I always get asked questions about, you know, what happened with the Enbridge pipeline. And, yeah. But that was the first incident in over 50 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I've had a lot more power outages than I've <laughs> yes. gas outages. <laughs> true. Very true. And, and the other thing, too, is, um, I mean, if you smell on that, on that very rare occasion when you smell natural gas because that is an additive right it is yeah, yeah. It, that's we, a safety feature it, it's we purposely make it smell like rotten gas yeah. uh so that when people do smell it just you know walk out of the house don't turn any lights off or on and uh call 911 yeah but the bottom line is uh, natural gas is safe and and uh, um there's safety valve shutoffs and all that stuff right all over the place um here in the CRD um we've got distribution stations that sort of bring the the, the pressure down we can shut off the uh the the power to sort of larger areas uh if you're just you know trying to isolate one home we can actually just pinch off the line Amazing. Uh, because the line itself is made out of PE or polyethylene yep. so you just basically you know Put a clamp on either end, and now you can go and repair the line. Yeah. If for some reason you know you had a major catastrophe on the whole island, we want to shut off all Victoria. Well, we've got uh, uh, distribution stations or, or international uh, intermediate pressure stations that we can turn off of that, or you could even turn off on the main transmission line coming across from uh, yeah. coming across the strait. So, so a vast, a vast system. Lots of backup, lots of safety. Yeah. Um, what is what's the service coverage right now in Greater Victoria for natural gas? We're we try to be everywhere, obviously, um, and in most cases, most people here in in Greater Victoria are on Maine. Yep. Which means for most people, we can connect you for fifteen dollars. Yeah. So that's where for our fifteen dollars. Fifteen one dollars. Five. Yeah, okay. one five. Yeah. Now we do have to charge a GST on that. Okay. You know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. But uh, that's where our crews will come in. We'll 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 dig up the road to dig you know dig into the house, 
hang a meter on the side of the house, put it all back right, and that's, you know, as I say, 80% of the homes in, or more in Victoria are $15. And there are those streets where there isn't a line up the street, and presumably neighbors sometimes get together and say, well, we'd all like gas. And Absolutely, yeah. And if we can get enough uh, enough people involved so we can build an economic case, and, yep. and basically we just have to break even over 40 years, but... Um, we have to make an economic case to be fair to our current ratepayers. Yeah. So we can't have our ratepayers subsidizing, you know, That's fair. a line out to Port Renfrew. Okay, got it, got it. So. And in my case, too, I had uh, gas brought in when I did my renovations 13 years ago, um, and there isn't gas on my street, but there was a line in the back. So I've, I've, I've brought it in. For, it was a long line, but it's worth it because I love my natural gas. Well, and, and your cost savings, you know, I mean, when you look at um, heating a home with uh, baseboard, oil, um, average home here in Victoria, call it 2,300 square feet, it's about $2,200 a year to heat with oil or, or baseboards yeah. uh, compared to uh, just under $600 for natural gas. What are they, Okay, those numbers again, the average? Um, 2,100 yeah. thereabouts for, uh, for oil or, or electric baseboard. Compared to about 600 for What yeah. a difference. So it's, it's huge, yeah. Okay, so uh, somebody wants to retrofit their home. Mm -hmm. uh, so, of course, uh, ideally they have, for instance, an oil furnace because then the duct work is there. Right. Right. Yep. And then a new gas furnace goes in, just kind of plugs in. Mm -hmm. um, if they want if they want the system installed, there are grants that are available too, right? There are. We've got a, a, a very comprehensive rebate program. Uh, in fact, we've just increased our, our what we want to Part of our, our clean energy strategy uh, is to increase our, our conservation and, and, and energy management. So we've increased our rebates by three times. So oh, we, my. Our goal is to give out $370 million in rebates over the next three years. Okay. Um, and so, for example, if you hook up heat, and a new furnace, and say you put in hot water at the same time, um, there's about $1,700 worth of rebates there, and then there's another $1,000 appliance rebates. So there'd be $2,700 worth of rebates just in, in converting over. And then you get the benefit of the savings for, you know. Fantastic. And those rebates come from who? Those are coming from us. Yep. Uh, and uh, so, so as long as you're the Fortis BC gas customer, yep. uh, you can qualify for those. And so we've got new construction rebates. We've got commercial rebates. So people are putting in commercial kitchens restaurants this sort of thing uh we've got rebates for that uh, so really the best thing to do is, is go to our website and have a look at our, our rebate page and, and uh, see what's going to be best best suited for you fantastic fantastic um so if people need to reach uh you guys at fortis bc what's the best way uh always through the website yep. uh we've got everybody's contacts are in there uh so it's uh, fortisbc.com perfect and uh Good, good stuff. Yeah, natural gas again, something relatively new here in uh, in Greater Victoria. But what what a and again those the 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 higher end homes, the nicer homes nowadays. It is one of the essentials. You have to have, and even on the uh, even on the entry level homes now because the efficiency and and people have just gotten used to it over the years. Whether you know coming in so. We're demanding more and more in our homes. You must know that more than anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not people aren't dissatisfied with a with an old you know wood fireplace. We want to have a high efficiency you know 
Yeah, it's over. a lot easier flipping that switch to turn that fireplace on than going outside Absolutely. and chopping the yeah. chopping the wood. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, thanks for joining us, um, Spe- uh, Spencer Evans. Again, the Energy Solutions Manager at Fortis BC. And a little bit earlier, we had a conversation with Keenan Ebanks from Power Up Solar. So you know, the technology is always changing. Even in the uh, short few years I've had the program here, man, just every year there's something new uh, going on, and it's just what makes life so exciting. Thanks for joining us. And uh, to our listeners, thanks for listening. We'll be here for you this time next week.